4: ASA oh My gosh! They're all going against the
5: wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere, where the points of the cube uh, were touching
4: outside of the sphere. Hey, Johnny! Woohoo! Roger. They're shooting.
6: this isn't anything that just is limited to the United
2: States; it's a worldwide phenomenon.
3: Hi everyone, and welcome to the first that UFO podcast listener call-in show. I always say I'm really excited, but this one was a little bit special because I have wanted to do a call-in show like this for quite some time, and. This was me testing the water To see what sort of interest there would be And there was a massive response so I'm sure if you saw it on Twitter If you're on the Patreon Or if you're on Instagram or Facebook It was posted out on there If the feedback's positive on this, I'll look to continue it on maybe a monthly basis. This show will be in two parts. The first was just myself speaking to the listeners as they called in, and the second one, Dan joined me for it as well. I put out on Twitter just asking if anyone wanted to come on and record. I basically put myself available for an hour, and people were invited into a Zoom chat. Uh, how that works in the future will, will no doubt uh, improve and get a lot uh, more structured. But it was great, and people were so good hanging about um, as people waited to get on the calls with me. It was a lot of fun for me to do, it and I really was genuinely blown away. And you're going to hear this by the the knowledge, the opinion, the different tone that people took, and and different views folk have on the subject. So that was great to hear, not just in a character limit or on you know a text bubble or online when people get in touch. So that was that was brilliant. Part 2 will go up uh, in a couple of days time After the Tim McMillan interview goes out This will just be the first part To see kind of how it goes And get some early feedback and stuff as well Part two, we'll go up early access on Patreon first. And I just want to take one minute if you don't mind to mention the Patreon because I don't usually plug it until the end of the podcast when I know a lot of people kind of turn off once the, the dialogue's done. So from only £1, €1, one pound, one euro, one dollar, you can get extra content, early access to podcasts and ad-free shows as well directly to whatever platform you listen on. It does make a huge difference, and I say that, but it truly does. It allows me to upgrade software, equipment, and also look to add new features like expanding to additional video content content as well which is quite time consuming of course the and body of the show is always free but I try and give as much back on Patreon as I can to people who, who are able to support and it's tough times for everyone I do get that, if no one listened there wouldn't be a podcast so you listening to this, you listening right now is always the main thing If you can't support via Patreon or any other method, then you can always like, follow, subscribe. Especially on iTunes, you can leave a review, and that makes a huge difference to the algorithm. It gets to show up the charts as well. So please jump on, leave a five-star review, and leave me a comment as well. Any feedback for the show, please get in touch. If there's something you would like to hear, something you think should get changed, not that I necessarily will... Just, you know, I can't do what everyone wants me to do, but it is your podcast as well, so please get in touch and let me know what you think, especially with new features and formats like this as well. It makes a massive, massive difference to me and Dan, who's a regular co-host, like I always say now, and I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Thanks again for all your support, please keep in touch via your chosen methods, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit chats, I've just realised I've been getting, email and any other platform you can get in touch with me, of course the Patreons are always on Patreon, kind of chatting in the the different groups and bubbles as well, so it's brilliant hearing from everyone, even if it's just to say hi, you listen to the podcast and where you're from, please do that. Listen anyway, enjoy the first part of the call-in show. Please let me know what you think. I really enjoyed it. The listeners seem to have enjoyed it who have called in, and I'm sure you will too, folks. First on the line, we have Chris. Chris, welcome. I, I don't know if I want to say first caller, but, you know, first Zoomer. So whatever you want to put it as. Yeah, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm honoured. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. And so many of you have jumped in really quickly as well uh, to to record on this. So it's good to hear from, from the listeners um, on anything. So, Chris, what are
7: your thoughts on what's been happening then? I just it's it's astonishing at uh, the amount of heavy lifting that the um, more sober end of the media is having to do at the moment. You know, people like yourselves, the the Lou Elizondo's kind of relentless um, media interviews. And and what I think I would love to see more of is just sober discussion rather than the kind of Daily Star headline coverage and and the The novelty um, kind of good morning show hey what do you think about this kind of kooky coverage I get I get it's about you know disseminating the message to to the media but but in a sense it's not helping the stigma at the moment and 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 I think that's that's our our biggest issue um also not helping is I had a comment yesterday I think it was from a Canadian astronaut who was saying that to jump to conclusions about anything being off-planet or extraterrestrial is, is, is the height of illogical or or kind of words to that effect, which, you know, it isn't really, is it? (laughs) Given everyone's talking about next generation and beyond next generation, you know, so, yeah, um, I wish, I wish the, the tone would start changing quicker than it is
3: yeah it's frustrating and especially when you see brian cox professor brian cox that people know in the uk uh former piano player for the band Dream, um but obviously well-known astrophysicist and uh, lecturer really entertaining guy as well but he's again put on twitter this morning comments uh or a picture of daleks from dr who and said Mm. this is a picture from the upcoming report and it's just like that's a really intelligent guy we could do, especially in the UK with talking about this subject to an audience he has of millions of people um, and they still just can't bring themselves to do it. And you mentioned The Daily Star. I think listeners outside the UK don't realise that when they see papers like The Daily Star and The Sun quoted, these aren't papers that people in the UK do or should take seriously. They're they're very much sensationalist, tabloid headlines. It's the X-Files, Little Green Men stuff. And it's, it's not... Papers you go to for serious news or discussion, um, yet people find it online and go, oh, a British a British press or British newspapers picked up this story and they've ran with it. The tone, I think, has changed in the last month or two a little bit. It's not changing quickly, but I think, like you say, from from a UK point of view, they're having to really grudgingly start to follow the US's lead, and they can see yeah. that it's happening so often over there now. Um, have you seen Lou
7: Zondo's comments yet from last night on Fox? I haven't seen the. Co- I know that he's spoken about um, having to, you know, potentially putting his boots back on and and running for Congress. Yeah, you know, and this this is a man who's who's whistleblowers don't really get a good rap in the media at, at the best of times. So all all credit to him and and kind of what he's going through and and, and the heavy lifting and the scrutiny at, at, at the moment. And um, I th- I think. Um, I'm hoping it's it's going to put more pressure on the the right people to release the right information. But the, with with him alone, there seems to be an argument that slightly goes beyond you know the the greater findings at the moment and and kind of the tit for tat arguments within um, the Pentagon. And finally, Chris, before we let you
3: go, what are your thoughts or hopes in for the upcoming task force report?
7: Um, I suspect it's going to be very vague, very inconclusive. Um, the, the best I think it will be able to do, given that it's been looking at 20 years, I think 20 years, like 120 sightings, I think it, if that propels the conversation into more mainstream news, more serious news <laughs> that you know then 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 that's 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 the best we can hope for but just a finishing note that you know that like Jeremy Corbell you've got the citizen hearings going on in the states at, at the moment that's all very very good timing and kind of you know very well thought out and very well planned i think in terms of keeping the momentum going and not just making sure this disappears under the carpet as i'm sure the Pentagon would like it to awesome thanks for joining
3: us chris Pleasure. Next up, we have James. James, welcome to the podcast.
5: Hiya. How you doing? I'm very well. Thanks very much for joining us. James, what are your thoughts then? Um, I think John Greenwald is going to have a, a, a wonderful time with 120 individual uh, reports in the UAP Task Force uh, report when it finally gets published. Um, I can imagine there being over two or 3,000 FOIA requests that you can put in after they've actually published all of those. And I think all of those will eventually lead to something bigger as well. Um, I think, you know, it, it, it's multiple routes of investigation, and I think it could be quite interesting where all of that goes. So the task force report, it sounds like for you, is going to be the start
3: of something, rather than someone expecting it's going to be the be-all and end-all, which I'm, I
5: lean more with you then, that it's, it's going to build up to something else, yeah? I think it's actually just a very small step in the right direction. And the small step is first kind of like just an official admission that this is going on and we need to do something about it. And then from there, it becomes kind of a political move in terms of how they want to proceed further. And I think that's going to be mostly on the military side. It's going to be on the defence side, and maybe hopefully on the research side. I mean, we've seen recently that NASA is actually investigating this as well, and that's really interesting because it brings it into the civilian sphere rather than just the military side.
3: Yeah, so that was Bill Nelson being interviewed yesterday, um, who is the new NASA administrator, and it was a refreshing change of tone from NASA, given previous distancing from this sort of stuff, which is odd given what they do. You know, they are, they are or were probably our main source for space travel, but tesla and Elon musk have taken it over more recently but they are working together so yeah bill nelson's comment that he was actually read into the the task force and these briefings a couple of years ago in his previous role and has now in the job for one month with nasa started an investigation into you know uap basically but from a very scientific point of view i thought that was important james yeah
5: that's very important. You need to bring it into the the scientific domain because once you get a couple of um, reports published that can be going on record, maybe in a journal, something like that, you suddenly open up a whole bunch of, of uh, research opportunities. For instance, for, for PhD students and, and goodness knows whatever you know in that in that domain. And I've got some experience of that. But it just opens up a whole other sphere. Previously, if I had ever gone to um, my my uh, research people and said hey i i want to do a, a phd in researching into ufo topic i probably wouldn't get the funding for it but as soon as you've got nasa and they put out a few documents that opens up a whole bunch of other research opportunities for for other people not just students but could be you know professional bodies as well so that's really important to bring it into the civilian side great way to look at it yeah and any final thoughts james um final thoughts i think it's going to be a very interesting month and i think it's going to be a very interesting couple of months going forward as well so i'm i'm eager to see what happens awesome james thanks very much for joining us thank you next up i'm very happy to have rin on the show rin
3: how are we doing today
4: great thank you andy hope you're well
3: i'm very well it's good to speak with you as well nice to hear a different accent Likewise. had a couple, couple of the english gents on so far um which has been really nice to speak to rin uh what are your thoughts then and what's been happening in the last couple of weeks couple of months
4: um, pretty incredible to watch it unfold. Um, I'm pretty happy about it, uh, how things are going. Um, that said, you know, in, in anticipation of whatever gets released later this month, I my sense is that it's going to be along the lines of the headlines we saw um, on BBC News yesterday and in the New York Times of that, that sort of vague kind of, um, you know, we have no evidence that it's alien life. We can't rule it out, and I think they'll be sort of leaning heavily on the evidence side of things, which, as a sort of science-oriented person, I think is healthy on some level. They, I mean, they, they, they can't say, yes, it's aliens, if they don't know, and um, that's a good thing. But I think there's a bit of um, sort of softly, softly drip-feeding the concept out to people. Um, is, so I think that like That's progress
3: for you is that enough yeah that if the headlines are coming out i was really happy with the headline which i know a lot of people weren't that we can't say this is aliens but we can't say that it's not is essentially what they're talking about in a lot of different media now for you you've said that that's progress are you happy with that being the kind of conclusion of this report
4: um i sort of have to be and and that's all they can say at this point you you can't make a big like sort of life and world changing claim without pretty hefty evidence to back it up or a pretty like sort of strong reason why you'd be saying that. I do believe that uh, change is incremental. I don't think that um, there needs to be a big sort of, you know, like lady jumping out of a birthday cake, like, hooray, yay, everybody, aliens exist. woo the government's admitting it. um, This could be considered a first step um it, it's a big deal um for this to have happened at all and i think as a first step i'm perfectly happy with it what i wouldn't want to see is you know um anyone thinking okay well we've given the people what they want we've given congress what they've asked for that's it now we're going to sort of go back back to business as usual shut down not share information that would be bad but awesome. i think they sort of the cat's out of the bag a little bit
3: yeah we just don't want a cat bit,
4: in a big way <laughs>
3: Yeah, we don't want the cat going back in the bag. That's the main thing. Which I don't think it's going to this time.
4: I don't think so. The energy is behind uh, more honesty, um, as Lou Elizondo and other people have said a zillion times. Um, disclosure is a process that's happening all the time. It's not going to be a big sort of you know Biden walking out and making a a statement that you know this is this is fact. There wasn't an alien ship crash crash at Roswell. There you go.
3: Awesome. Nice summary, Rin. Thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you very much.
3: Next on the line, we've got Tim. Tim's enjoying a, a coffee out in London just now. Tim, how are we doing? I'm doing well,
1: Andy. A big, big fan of your work. Thanks for having me on.
3: Thank you. Cheers. Uh, it's nice to speak to you. It's been nice to speak to everyone who I've been talking to over text for quite a while and um, hearing people's voices and seeing some faces. So that's been uh, really nice, actually. Tim, uh, so what are your thoughts then on what's been going on? It's been a bit of a crazy couple of weeks and months.
1: It really has. And thanks. Thanks for asking. It's actually sort of, I mean, this might be, you can tell from my accent, this might be an American expression. I I don't know if you, I've lived here for many years, but I don't hear people say it. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Um, there's just a lot of information coming at us at once. And I think, I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I think it's nice that mainstream media picked this up. I know anecdotally, uh, um, Jeremy Corbell and others have, have mentioned this recently that they sort of refuse to take these stories on in the media from, from the get-go but when they get released by say a Corbell or a George Knapp you know, some of these really credible journalists, George Knapp in particular uh, they find their way, they kind of trickle out to the wires and get picked up by the CNN, MSNBC types uh, in America so they get the content anyway which I think gets the job done I think, I think it's a really Pivotal time, and at least I'm optimistic that way. I think that report that's going to come out is is creating a lot of buzz, and I think that I, I think that there's going to be some interesting bits in there that'll turn some heads and, and arrest our attention. But I think a large lot of it will continue to be classified, probably for very good reasons. Um, I, I I don't I, I sometimes think things are classified maliciously or in an attempt to obfuscate or compartmentalize, not for national security reasons. And that I don't agree with as a taxpayer. Um, but I but I do think there will be some, at least tacit confirmation that there is a non-human intelligence involved in this or at the very least scientifically and seriously going through what this phenomena isn't. And I think that's quite impressive. So very, very recently, I think it was even this morning, Andy, the, um, the Chinese government, had sort of released that they have a task force, the People's Liberation Army. And they've said, you know, we're using our sophisticated AI kind of neural seeing networks to identify craft. And and our sensors do that too. When I say ours, I mean the UK and the US. And, you know, we can identify which ships are which from, you know, 15 kilometers away or, or, or further, and they're doing the same. And if they're doing it, then it's not their tech, presumably, and I'm sorry that the Russians just no no disrespect to my Russian friends, which I do have. They don't have the money to, to build this kind of infrastructure. I just or this kind of technology. It's not them. Uh, so if it isn't human, uh, but you're also saying it's not coming from some distant star system, I'm 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 relatively happy to believe that as well. But we, we need to we need to we need to nail down what it isn't and start considering the possibilities, which I've grown more and more fond of, and people have talked more openly about. Is this sort of consciousness element of it or this extra-dimensional element? They're here but on the side kind of thing. I think that's a very fascinating thing. And it's got some interlapping or, or overlapping sort of qualities with things like spiritualism and older religions. And I think it'll be a I think it'll be a good thing. I don't think it'll be widespread panic. Um, and, and lastly, I want to say I was really fond of something you guys said the other day. It could have been you or your mate Dan, um, who I'm a fan of as well, on on your on your series and it was about um you seeing a band when you're younger because i've had those experiences where you see an old band in a club and then they kind of got popular and then you go to get a t-shirt signed and they act like you don't exist or you know they're too cool for you now um i, I think this is going to happen but i've i've actually had people in london here ask me about it in cafes recently have you read this stuff about aliens and inverted commas and that's what they equate ufos and the phenomena with and that's fine because that's how they were saturated in the media and raised. Um, but at least people are talking about it. You know, they're not they're not snickering and sneering. You know, some of the journalists kind of make fun of it, uh, asking the president of the United States in the press pool, they might laugh about it. But we're seeing a lot of people take it seriously. Uh, and I think people bravely coming forward and doing lots of media rounds, Chris Mellon, Lou, obviously, Lou's a, a personal hero of mine at this point. Uh, people like him with sophisticated credentials talking about this rationally and intelligently is is really going to change things i think
3: awesome yeah some really good points here tim um I know you had asked how long you had to to go on a rant, so that, but that was a good one. It was not too ranty. Um, and you make the point there about the, why it's not Russian, why it's not Chinese. Lou himself on Fox News last night, I've not seen, he appeared on Fox and I believe on CNN, um, mm. just obviously bipartisan and all that kind of stuff as well. It's not a political issue. Um, he doesn't bring politics into it. And he said the same thing, that here are the reasons this isn't Russian. And you know, it's, let's think, if it was Chinese, who is the, the power that you would probably think it'd be more likely to be? this goes back 70 plus years why weren't they using this technology in the last 70 years why are they spending billions and billions or trillions now on budgets to overtake the u.s military when they clearly have if it's them that technology already it's not them and he's literally sitting on these channels not saying non-human intelligence not saying alien not saying something else but he's, he's literally giving people no other option but to really consider that
1: well, as few as 50 years ago or less, the Russian military were wearing foot rags instead of socks. I mean, that's how sophisticated it was. That's, it, it's not, that's not what's happening here. It's not their technology. And particularly if you look at the stuff in the late 40s, um, that's been chronicled by, you know, and uh, uh, O'Connell chronicles that in his Heineck book that I finished reading, all the, all the stuff in Belgium that happened quite a long while ago. That wasn't the russian or the chinese um so yeah it's 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 fascinating stuff and i'm glad that um i'm glad that people are are talking more openly about it and, and being less kind of fringe tinfoil hat about it it needs to the whole the whole ufology kind of sphere could use a bit of a reboot if i'm honest because it's so mixed with unfortunately charlatans there's a lot of good people and data mixed in there but a few people have kind of poisoned the well if you like i think
3: yeah, I don't think you're far wrong with that. And finally, what do you think then is going to come out of this task force report? Are you going to be happy with it? What would you be happy with?
1: I'm I'm going to be happy because they're releasing it. Full stop. Um, I'm keeping my expectations low because I've been disappointed before with, with certain things. I think I think it's going to. I think it's just going to be a lot of words and a lot of pages to confirm what was sort of leak read to the New York Times yesterday or the day before, which is. Uh, this isn't from here. We don't think it's not from here, but that's that's almost like saying because I can't see and touch God, he doesn't exist. That's a theological exercise, but it's the same concept uh, academically. You, you're trying to prove the existence of something that you can't see or understand. I think that's silly, but if they put that into writing, they're admitting that they truly don't understand this. And, you know, ho- hopefully we can um, take that as a jumping board and get more scientists and more sensors involved and, and more more people taking it seriously. I, I don't think it's going to be any kind of big, big revelation. Um, but if it is, I've lowered my expectations and I'll be pleasantly surprised. I, I will say I saw this clip about 10 minutes ago with this guy from the, um, the big wig at NASA. What's his name? Nelson? Bill Nelson. Yeah. Bill Nelson. Yeah. And uh, he, he's an articulate, bright guy. Well, well-spoken. Um, and, and he's, he's, uh, he's been very open with the media about, Kind of opening their investigation into it as a quote-unquote civilian agency, um, and I think there needs to be more of that. Uh, if, if you've got the likes of the DOD and the Defence Ministry kind of locking up all this information that we pay for as taxpayers, and that's you know that creates a bit of a row in and of itself. But hopefully we're we're going to make some progress there.
3: Awesome, Tim. Thanks for your time. Look forward to speaking to you again. Cheers. Enjoy your coffee. And bye. Next up, all the way from Australia, uh, currently in a lockdown as well, uh, we have Anthony. Anthony, how are you doing?
6: Good, Andy. Good, Andy. How are you?
3: I am awesome. Good to speak to you. Thanks That's for good. jumping on. I think over where you are, it's probably a bit later at night just now, yeah?
6: Yeah, it's about 8.40. Not too bad. Got a wine. Just relaxing.
3: Ah, There you go. It's, it's peak hours, <laughs> peak hours. Anthony, yeah. a, lot, a lot going on in the last couple of, of days
6: and weeks. Um, what are your thoughts on what's been happening? Listen, I think um, overall, it's great, like, you know, mainstream media attention is, has been more than I've seen in my lifetime, um, 32. So um, it's been good to see some serious um, mainstream attention. Australia had um, a good story last week. I think most people would have seen the Ross Coulthard documentary. So it was good to see. I couldn't believe I was watching a you know hour-and-a-half-long uh, documentary on UFOs on a Sunday night that wasn't being made fun of. Um, I couldn't believe it. So, you know, in that sense, I think it's really good. Um. I think I'm still a little bit um, I wouldn't say skeptical is a word, but there's I think the stigma that we all talk about is very much still there. And I think it's it's impacting the way the mainstream's having the conversation. Um, I think that there's a lot of assumptions that come in, and navigating through those assumptions I think is a very difficult process. I think the mainstream is is looking for uh, like simplistic answers, and they're assuming things with their questions, with their headlines. Um, I think skeptics do that a lot, and and I think we we need to reset and just go back to zero and and really start from the ground with this topic, because um, I feel like that gets in the way a lot of the time. Um, sorry, I've been talking a lot, but no, no, that's um, okay. I've, yeah, I've got a question
3: just, for you, Anthony. Like, yeah. what, what is the average Australian's attitude towards UFOs when that's brought
6: oh, up? It's not good. <laughs> it's not good, honestly. Like, um, I've been into this stuff since I was a kid. I just my dad got me into it, and I've been obsessed. And just to get even friends to get, you know, them to have a serious conversation can be difficult. Um, it's not taken seriously. If it's on the mainstream news, it's always after the weather the little cartoon alien, the X-Files music, the yeah. typical things. Um, even when it is kind of taken seriously, there's still that little smart-ass smile that they've got. And I feel like if you really believe it, you don't ask questions that way. Um, so it's still very much um, there, I think. Um, you know, I think we're slowly making good steps. But, again, I think we've got a long way to go still. Um and I think resetting, like I said, I think is a is a necessary step um, to get there. So, yeah. What, hopefully. what
3: are what are your thoughts or hopes for the upcoming task force report? Then,
6: okay. I'm, I'm hopeful. I can't say I'm terribly over oh, optimistic. Sorry, um, I worry a little bit about the mainstream. Like, I feel like they It's good that they're into it, but I feel like they're putting everything onto this report. And um, I worry they'll tear it down very quickly if it doesn't provide this conclusive, simple answer that I think they want. Um, in terms of the actual report itself, like I said, I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm not terribly optimistic. Um, I think I was listening to I think it's Howard Hughes' interview with Lou the other day. And he was saying like he asked a question about um, you know the idea that we're wanting the same people who have kept it from us to suddenly provide us with the answers. And even though there are definitely good people in there now and, and fighting the good fight, I think there's clearly resistance, as Lou said. Um, and, and I worry, you know, we don't know who's winning that battle or how that battle's going. Um, and I worry that the mainstream won't consider that and will just look at what comes out. So, like I said, I'm hopeful, um, but I, I just, I'm not terribly optimistic at the moment. It's still um, an,
3: an underdog conversation, definitely. It I, I is. still get that.
6: And like, Yeah, you know, I think we, people who are into it and think about the topic in a little bit deeper might possibly take a little bit more from what's said, looking between the lines. And I think that's required with this topic. It's such a steep learning curve that if it doesn't say something outright, then it's you see all the headlines already like it's it's nothing it's not alien and like for me that debate over the alien element i find incredibly frustrating i feel like the skeptical side is if we aren't ruling out the et hypothesis then they're assuming we're saying it's et and you know i think we need to just not go down that path i feel like it's wasted energy um you know, what are we going to need to get from a, a US government or any government for that matter to come out and conclude that it's alien as, you know, the, the mainstream is sort of asking for and the sceptics are asking for? Literally, if you think about it from just a base perspective, if a craft is sitting on the ground in front of you, that's still not telling you it's alien from another planet. Its origins are a mystery. So it's a complicated issue, Um it's not as simple as that. It can't be. Um, and yeah, that's just, it's very difficult. Like it's frustrating, but as yeah. I'm sure you're aware.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. I have those yeah. conversations on a daily and <laughs> hourly basis now. Awesome. Anthony, yeah. listen, thank you very much for joining us all the way from Oz, um, no hang in there with is. the lockdowns and hopefully things yeah. are back to you normal for you soon. Good
6: work, all right? you do Cheers, all good man. Good job. Thanks, man. Thank you. you. Thanks,
3: Anthony. Bye. Next up, I'm going to bring in Mark. Mark, how are we doing today?
6: Yeah, good, Andy.
3: Cheers for having me on. No, thank you very much for giving us your time as well. It's been, I've said at the start, it's been lovely to speak to everyone and put uh, faces to names and I'm used to like typing to everyone, so it's nice to actually interact and realise it's not just a load of bots that follow me. Um, so that's that's really good. Mark, listen, yeah, nice. we've just been talking um, about a few different things and uh, mentioning the NASA administrator, Bill Nelson, and his recent comments, I said very recent, just in the last 24 hours. What are your thoughts when you hear a guy from NASA who's, who's one of the bigwigs basically coming out and saying, do you know what, I've been read into this in, the, in my previous job for uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got an idea of what's happening or going on from a political standpoint. Point in the background and he has instigated an investigation from a NASA point of view on UAPs.
2: Well, it's really big news, uh, Andy. I think it's um, it's a very important step. I mean, I suppose for, for, from a lot of the, us guys that have been into this for a while, we perhaps look at it and go, well, actually, this fella probably knows a lot more already than he's letting on. But... The good thing is he said that he was read into this when he was on the Senate Intelligence Committee a couple of years ago. So he knows as much as all the congressmen, which is really good because you don't know how much stuff is split between Congress and NASA and intelligence and all the rest of it. Who gets told what. So he has a good overview, which is excellent, excellent for, uh, for, you know, for for putting this out there. I think he's. um, it sounds like he's pretty excited. I think he had a big grin on his face while he was talking about it, and not from yeah. a chuckle chuckle point of view, from a actually this is pretty cool point of view. You know, he's now in charge of NASA. He's obviously a very intelligent man. Uh, I thought the see an interview with him yesterday was kind of remarkable. I kind of afterwards I was sort of like, wow, is are we getting what we want finally?
3: Yeah, you know. I could have listened to him talk a lot more because, like you say, in that two two and a half minute clip he spoke really well. And even when he was given the little grins and stuff, it was all about the right kind of thing. And it was from a place of, look, um, he clearly has been read into this, like he says. So he's got an idea of kind of what's going on and where this may be going. So from that point of view, he's seen enough within what's happening to, to, to instruct nasa scientists he's not just come out and said nasa are going to look at ufos or uaps because that would make no sense in itself anyway but yeah. he's told these top level scientists i want you to start looking at this and like he said as well that they're not working directly with the task force but if they found anything or saw anything they would certainly well what he said was they would want to hear from them so yes. it sounds like he's very open to that dialogue as well. And well, I, I, a guilty pleasure I mean, Mark, I just have to tell you, is you know when you see the videos of like, the space station or the NASA live feed and they cut off as it appears something comes into shot that maybe shouldn't be there. I love yeah. that kind of stuff. Okay, and I know it could be all sorts of things, but for me, if that kind of stuff is going on, and even if one in a hundred of those videos is something potentially anomalous, mm. that's a great source to have that the task force can go to NASA and yeah. they'll get that information as well
2: yeah yeah exactly exactly i totally agree with you i think the thing is obviously they've got brilliant scientists over at nasa but none of them have been looking at this i shouldn't imagine forever. or you know you know they i would assume a lot of this is tucked away in you know the department of energy and places like that these guys have been looking at it really but i think they're getting the nasa guys onto it is going to be remarkable i mean the thing is we've got you know footage now of things that we don't know what they are or how they work i make things for a living so I'm fascinated by how, well, how do these things work? What is the function of these craft? And at the moment, I think over the last 70 years, there's obviously been such a small amount of scientists ever looking at this at one time. I think if this starts getting pushed out into the, you know, the wider world of science, it looks like, as we can see from lots of people on YouTube, engineering guys and science guys are coming around to the idea there's something going on here and we will want to start looking at it now. I'm pretty sure we'll get some answers quicker now that there's lots of people on it. You know, and it's heartening that, that NASA look like they're trying to be open about it finally as well. You know, I mean, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, Andy. Quite, I mean, I suppose really is the ultimate question is what does Joe Biden think about this? Really is the ultimate question. what, is, what Because he's the guy that's putting these people in place and he's obviously pulling the strings of government at the moment. Um, what does he think? I mean, yeah. I think we're working
3: our way to that, that question, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully in the future.
2: They're going to keep asking him right up until the report comes out. I'm sure he's just going to be hiding away from now on. We haven't seen Kamala Harris either. And she was on the Senate Intelligence Committee. She, she knows exactly what's going on. Um, I think we're in for an interesting month, to say yes. the least. But it's, it's certainly, you know what, it's great to see so many scientists and engineers and people that have always thought that this was stupid or dumb or that it wasn't real or that it could never happen. I think they're all starting to get their heads around it a bit more and realise, well, actually, hang on a minute. It obviously is happening because this is going
3: on. Uh, and fight if- yeah, and finally, Mark, what are your hopes? What would make you happy when you see the task force report? What would you want to be in there that you would consider it, you know, successful?
2: Well, I mean, you know, we. I, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I suppose what we'd like is kind of disclosure. What I think we're going to get is probably something very similar to what we saw from the New York Times. I think we're going to see. Well, we can't say it's definitely this and we can't say it's definitely that. But it's not us. And it could potentially be the Russians or the Chinese. But, you know, I I think I think it's probably going to be very similar to that. What I hope is that people like Lou and Chris Mellon, sean all those guys can keep pushing this thing so that they can have some proper hearings about it they can set up some proper committees about it and then it just comes out of this whole woo woo area of giggleness and people start look, looking at it seriously i mean you know we all know there's something going on it's just the rest of the world hasn't quite twigged onto it yet and they haven't had that holy you know moment yet not yet <laughs> so we'll see we'll see i mean you know i think i think it's it, i don't think it's going to be a nothing burger and I, at the same point, I, we're certainly not going to be getting what we all want, which is, you know, the, the report coming out being published straight away on the internet and there are pictures of Roswell, this, that and the other and close-ups of triangles. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, it'll be softly, softly for a bit and we'll see where we go.
3: Awesome. Uh, great speaking with you, Mark. Thanks for your time. Look forward to speaking to you again.
2: No worries, Andy. Listen, really, really good to speak to you, buddy. I'm really pleased you uh, contacted me. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Mark. Take
3: care of yourself. Next up, we have Adam. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, Andy.
0: It's a pleasure to be here.
3: No pleasure to speak to you. And it's uh, interesting. You've just told me before we hit record that you only really got interested in the topic in the way you have, and in, in the last year, as kind of lockdown kicked off, and as we started the podcast as well. So um, that that's great. What's what's the journey been like for you over the last kind of year? Oh,
2: it's
3: been a bit up and down, isn't it? Um, I think, yeah, it's. <sighs>
0: And to sum it up is is it's quite difficult, really. But I sort of got into it after you know a particularly strange experience, and it really was a case of um, just trying to find something that I could to, to try and explain what I'd seen in, in the sky. And um, googled, well, Google around. I went on Spotify and you know other sort of pod podcast um, providers, and um, you popped up, and it turned out that you'd only started your podcast two weeks before I'd actually sort of um, experienced something, as it were. So. I feel like I've been with you, Andy,
4: <laughs> <Being> <laughs> from, the from the beginning.
3: The no, yeah. thank you, and anyone else who's listening, thanks for if you've been here a long time or a short time. I mean, your experience—is that something you've shared or talked about, or would you mention what it was?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was—it was a very—it was a very strange and surreal experience. I was—I uh, live in the southwest, so there's lots of countryside and it's fairly rural. Rural, and behind me is a large field, and um, I was in that field looking up. And um just observing the stars really it was really clear night, you could see the Milky Way sort of you know, streaking across you, and it was just it was just so nice. And you know, I I wasn't um looking for UFOs or anything strange in the sky. I was just I was I, you know, I like observing the satellite screaming overhead and where the planets are, etc. And um I am seeing this this really bright orange sort of object, um, very difficult to tell how far away it was. It was quite low on the you know, relatively low on the horizon. And it uh, was sitting there and I was like okay I'll get my um my sky sky app up on my phone I lined it up and I was like well that doesn't seem to align with anything it's just sort of sitting there and um you know I knew where Mars was I knew where Jupiter was I knew you know it was just and it just I couldn't I couldn't work out what it was and um it just got brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter like it was it was literally on fire and the only way I can describe it is it shot straight up that was it it was just this thing disappeared and I just sort of, you know, blinked my eyes a few times and I was like, what, what is that? You know, what the hell is that? And uh, I came back indoors and um, I just, I couldn't, uh, you know, I just realised it was very odd. I'd never seen anything like that before. You know, as much as we've got an airport nearby here, no, it wasn't near the airport. You know, planes, commercial planes, don't tend to go straight up to the sky, do they? Because that's a rocket. Yeah. But um <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't normal. And that's when my search began. That's when I began my journey really. I was I was looking for something to try and you know equate to what I'd seen and what I'd experienced. And um it's been yeah, I found I found your podcast, which I do have to say is amazing. You've you've covered you know, you, you approach it really with a really sort of um impartial and you know evidential basis, which is really good. And um I just, you know, I just feel like you've sort of reflected my own personal journey really so thank you Andy thank you for doing
3: this not awesome thanks for listening if if no one had listened I wouldn't have done any more so uh it's or do you know what I might have just to speak to some of the guests I have but uh it's, it's been good um listen Adam what are your thoughts then on what's been happening that's a lot has happened in a year which you'll have seen yeah um, what do you think of what's going on just now I think it's
0: yeah in terms of like the obviously the you UAPTF report. Um, I'm sort of hopeful, but you know, if they stick to their their mandate as by Congress, then obviously it's going to be quite an impartial report. I don't think it'll commit one way or the other. I think it'll be very. Oops, sorry. I think right. it'll be Very, very factual. Um, I just don't think that you know it's going to be anything to get too excited about. You know, if we're, if you're in the know, like I'm sure you and um, all the other fellow listeners like me are. Then I don't think we're going to expect any sort of shocking revelations. Um, you know, I think they'll hint at stuff. I think if they, you know, if, if um, you know someone is on our side, as it were, within that team, then I think we'll get something which is um, we'll hint at what we think we know it is. Um, you know, it, it's um, I just you know I'm hopeful for it, but I just think it's just one more little bit of the journey which we're all on. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to get overexcited about it. but I'm optimistic.
3: So if that does happen, that we get hints or very small baby steps, as we always say, what yeah. would you like to see to happen off the back of that report for you? What would the next steps have to be?
0: Well, I, you know, uh, as I understand it, the task force is a very short, short-term investigation, isn't it, really? Um, they're in, they're, it's investigating something to get to a point where more decisions are made. And certainly sort of being an investigator myself, in terms of, you know, <laughs> obviously a criminal sort of uh, investigation, um, it's a case of, you know, it's those first steps of investigation where you evaluate your investigation. So you don't, you don't um, investigate the evidence. You're simply investigating or evaluating how much you've investigated. And I think a task force is very much on that basis, where you know you're not drawing any massive conclusions. You're simply seeing. You know, are you investigating something correctly? Is there anything more you can do? Um, and you just sort of see if there's any more questions to answer, really, and, you know, lead an investigation from there. In terms of, um, you know, evaluating the evidence, I think we're miles off from that. So I think it's what I'd like to see off the back of that would be obviously a, a team set up, a unit, because um, that's based, you know, with NASA or within the Department of Defence or whichever element of the government they want to do it i think it's got to be a long-term project really so that's what i'd like to see in whatever form it it takes really
3: I, i would echo that a permanent uap task force or or unit that was going to investigate this kind of stuff with proper funding proper budget um a transparency to it as well i get and i know it frustrates people why some of this stuff does have to be classified and why some of it won't come out but there's there's a hell of a lot that could that is going to whet people's appetite or be interesting, and and just finally, Adam, from a UK point of view, where do you think we can get involved in this as a country? Because we just seem to be so far off the pace, still, don't we?
0: Yeah, it, I, well. I mean, as a country, it's all very sort of a stiff upper lip, and you know, we don't do, we don't sort of do with that stuff. And I just, yeah. I just, I just imagine Boris Johnson talking about it and sort of being flippant about it. I just get the idea that's that's exactly where we are in terms of um, you know our thoughts on it. I think if there's a serious, you know, if there's, I wouldn't say, I don't want to say draw a conclusion, but I think if there's something we can take seriously from this report so far. I think that would that would help assist us or help, you know, our community sort of put us more serious front to investigating it on this side of the water, for sure. Um, but I think, you know, I just, I think we need to take it more seriously. I think there has to be, you know, an equivalent investigation department here that can sort of, um, you know, run alongside or with the Americans or whatever, you know. We're sort of willing to help but it's just um, it's just getting the motivation
3: to do it really hopefully they they take some form of lead when the report comes out and with the the mainstream media particularly in the US picking this up it is drip feeding through here at the UK now slowly but maybe off the back of the task force report the the UK has a bit of a reaction Adam uh, great speaking with you thank you very much and hopefully uh, next time I do one of these you get back in touch again
0: yeah thank you thank you Andy Keep, keep up the good work cheers
7: out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expect me to see his end, but I'd have some champagne and smoke to the floor. Meditated Gamma state unmet, and I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to...
2: What's better than Outback's limited-time features? Enjoying them with your mates, obviously. There's bloomin' fried shrimp for Jessica. That is, like, so crispy. Espresso butter to spice up Henry's filet. Mmm, so bold, so juicy. And a smoked cinnamon pecan old-fashioned that'll make picky Pete's taste buds tingle. I'd order another round. At Outback, we've got something for everyone. So come in, relax, and enjoy. Because good food is best with good mates. Come grab your table today at Outback Steakhouse
7: you could save big when you bundle your home and auto with progressive but when we just come out and say it it feels like it falls a bit flat so we're going to use humor but we don't want to insult your intelligence so nothing too goofy and we need to avoid any polarizing topics oh and it has to be about how you can save big when you bundle your home and auto with progressive you know what maybe humor is a bad idea
4: yeah it's never gonna work Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.